Hey, this is Sophia. And this is Natasha. And welcome to another episode of Winter's Blooms Talks, which is an extension of our website, Winter's Bloom. When you tell me I'm beautiful and I don't respond, so you ask me, do you believe me? It's not because I don't want to believe you that my lips stiffen before I make a reply. But when you've already told me that you're attracted to my light caramel brown and fluffy curls, not when they're tied back, but wild, like the wild girl you probably think I am, it's not that I don't want to believe you when you tell me that you like me because I'm sweet. But when your inquisitive fingers eagerly grip the flesh and bones of this foreign body, when your lips try to suck up all my exotic juice, it's not that I don't want to believe you, when you tell me it's my eyes that you find most beautiful. But when my body rattles with the whistles of your fantasies, it's not that I don't want to believe you. It's just that I've heard this all before, when the last boy was trying to cure himself of his fetish. So that poem was written for our first um, poems uh, collection of poems entitled The Snake and the Cuttlefish. We'll have that link down below. Um, it's available on Amazon as a Kindle and a paperback. Um, but this poem I remember writing after <laughs> a very frustrating um, dating experience. Well, it wasn't just one dating experience. It was like many that led up to, I guess, this climax of very um, frustrating dating experiences where um, one, this guy that I was um, dating at the time was just obsessed with my hair and my skin complexion. And he would make um, off the bat comments like, oh, like I want my child to have your skin complexion or, you know, um, we wouldn't see each other for a while. And then he'd be like, oh, I really missed your curls. It was like the first thing um, that came out of his mouth (laughs) when seeing me. And yeah, so it kind of just made me reflect on the the role that exoticism plays in my dating experience um which is something I think we'll get more into a bit later on in the discussion but I just wanted to give a bit of context to how this poem came to be yeah thank you for sharing um that poem I mean you know because we co-publish it I have read it before but it's always so powerful to hear your voice reading it um so thank you for sharing that with us Um, Yeah, before we, so if you couldn't guess already, um, this discussion is going to be on dating while mixed race. Um, But, you know, we wanted, like, we do recognize that there's so much that goes into dating, into getting to know another person intimately. So before we jump into some of the more um, sticky stuff, um, I was wondering if we could just kind of lay a foundation for everyone. And I was wondering, Sophia, if... Um, you just wanted to give us some context on um, like how you like to meet people in terms of dating like what's your preferred method of dating yeah so I guess just give a bit more context as well to maybe some of the listeners who don't know very much about us Um, so I'm going to be 24 at the end of August Um, I would say that I like started dating really during university level like university level when I was at university <laughs> that makes it sound like I got a degree in dating <laughs> um which I don't know. um so I feel like at that time like Natasha said there was a lot that kind of goes into the dating experiences there was a lot um that was going into me discovering myself and my identity which is something we talked about in our previous um podcast about being mixed race and our experiences growing up mixed race Um, But yeah, it it was kind of a time where I was more open to kind of broadening the the pool that I had of people um, who I could potentially be interested in romantically. Um, So yeah, the the main way to to date that I prefer dating or meeting people is in person. I think nothing can really replace the energy um, that you get when you meet someone in person or just even you know subtle small bits of people's personality and character that really comes through in face-to-face interaction so that would be the main way for me how about for you yeah I think um 
you know, we've mentioned this many times before, but I think this is a way that we are both very similar. Um, when I look back on my dating history, which is not very extensive, um, I, I've tended to just kind of like, I, I do prefer to meet people in person. And I think though I can be a very open and friendly person and like want to know a lot about you, it takes a long time for me to um, put down my boundaries um, and really like get to know someone intimately. And so for me, a lot of uh, the past people that I've dated have been people that I've been in close proximity with, whether we've been classmates or um, in the same friend group or coworkers, um, just because it takes me so long to develop that back and forth with someone. Um, so yeah, I do prefer to meet people in person. And something that has been kind of like a more recent um discovery of mine I guess that sounds a little bit dramatic but I realized that I'm a very sensory person um and so when I find myself attracted to someone it's very much through all of my senses which maybe sounds silly like maybe that happens to everyone but I had just never realized that about myself um so like I'm a very visual person and that doesn't necessarily mean just someone's physical appearance like that also means um like how they act and how they relate to other people. But also, like, I'm really into smells and I'm realizing more and more now touch. So I think we mentioned it in one of our past pod- past podcasts, um, like that platonic touch or that just, like, slight flirtatious touch that doesn't cross the line. Um, I think those are ways that, that help me kind of, like, feel more comfortable when I'm dating another person or meeting another person. Um but I feel like we need to talk about this here. Um, I wanted to ask you, Sophia, about your experience, like if you have tried online dating and how that's gone. Yeah, before I share um, some of my experiences, could I just uh, comment on something you mentioned about the, the smell and taste and I guess like your sensory um, exploration when getting to know someone. I, I came across... Um, an article which actually I think Anastasia um, shared with me within the article it was saying how um, I mean it was kind of like a jokey satirical article which I guess to take with a pinch of salt but I really like the idea that it explored which was that um, you know nowadays we have like thousands probably millions of different types of perfumes and like artificial um, senses or like natural senses that are recreated with artificial um I don't even know like liquids (laughs) and it was saying how back in the day um one of the main ways that you know we chose our partners and I'm talking I guess back in our more primitive stages as humans we would base on smell and smell played a really big part in choosing your partner and this piece was basically just saying how loads of relationships are going off the rails <laughs> because people are masking their natural smells and so we don't know if we're, we're choosing the right per- person based on um scents and especially smells so I just thought that was interesting to to mention I'll try and find the article if I can and link it but it was quite a couple of years ago so I'll have to to dig it up but anyway to respond to your um question about have I ever tried on have I ever tried online dating I have kind of recently tried it um probably it was like the end of last year when I moved back to London and I was like okay I kind of want to meet people um whether that leads to something romantic or not I think it would just be nice and to kind of give a bit of a bit more background to to myself and my dating experience I am Muslim so I feel like that changes a lot in the way that I approach dating um there are so many different schools of thoughts and opinions as well on dating and what is like halal and what's haram so what's permissible and what's not permissible so I kind of wanted to to do it in a way that for me from my reasoning is permissible according to my religion so with that being said, I downloaded this app called Mismatch, which is, it's marketed as the Muslim version of Tinder, but I feel like Tinder gets such bad rep that it just sounds bad to say that, but it's meant to be a more serious app where, you know, you kind of go through whether you're looking for marriage, how long, um, 
what your time period is or your time frame is in terms of getting married. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of it's I would say an app that has more sus- substance compared to the apps that I've encountered through my friends' usages, such as Tinder or um, I can't remember the other one. Anyway, some of the other ones. Um, so yeah, I downloaded that. I was kind of talking to a few people on it. Um, there was like one person in particular that I was kind of interested in and I wanted to to meet in person. Um, but I kind of also wanted to, you know, kind of have the security of getting to know them a bit more first and making sure that not a complete weirdo. Um, so we were meant to meet, I think, after a period of like three weeks, a month of speaking, um, just texting. And basically he ghosted me <laughs> the very last minute. Um, and yeah, after that experience, I was very like put off, not just because of the whole ghosting thing, but I guess the idea as well of spending so much time speaking to a few different people, um, that I had never met and how, you know, I was kind of like, I was just dedicating time essentially to, to trying to figure out if I, if I liked someone, um, and yeah, I guess that that's that's it really in a nutshell. I wasn't sold by that experience and I don't know if I would do it again, but I'm glad I tried it at the very least. Have you ever tried online dating, Natasha? I think I remember you telling me about that story and I'm sorry that you were ghosted. That's really frustrating. Um, I So I have tried online dating. I have been very resistant to it and friends and family are always like, have always been like oh well maybe you should just try and I think for a long time I was resistant to it because I just wasn't ready to be dating um and anyway so I have started um on this app called mindful um which I found because I had downloaded okcupid just because that was a free one and maybe this is kind of silly but um I don't want to pay for a dating service I feel like why should I pay to meet someone um so I just wasn't gonna go for any of the paid services um but OkCupid was like really disappointing I had some actually like kind of rough encounters um there was this one guy who we uh agreed to meet up on a date um and so we met up at this like brewery place um and within minutes like he asked me what my sexual preferences were and I like I'm coming to realize that I do like to be physically intimate with people, but it takes me a while to lay that groundwork. And within minutes of just meeting this guy, I was like kind of turned off by how aggressive he was. Um, But like, I kind of brushed it off and we continued the conversation. It was fine. And then after when he was driving me home, he was like, oh, um, is there a park or somewhere that we can go? And I just like was not into that at all so I kept being like no just please take me home and he was like oh come on like you know just kept pushing it and I didn't even feel safe to have him know where I lived so I just like I was I kind of insisted I was like please take me home like I just want to go home um and so I I just directed him to like a place near my house but like where I could go without him seeing me go to my house and he like wouldn't really let me out of the car for a minute um and then finally I was like I need to go right now and he let me out and and anyway it was fine so I got home but then he kept texting me like the next day to meet up and I like it's always been my policy not to ghost someone so I told him I was like hey I really appreciate like that you want to see me again but I think we're interested in different things and he like went off on me on text message like I got maybe 20 text messages in a row where he was just like ranting at me and he's like how do you even know that we want different things you don't even know who I am blah 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 and like he has a point we only went on one date but like he was hardcore pushing sex from the first date and I was like hardcore saying no. So I feel like there's a mismatch there. Anyway, so that was a rough experience and that turned me off for a while. Um, and that was on OkCupid. Um, and then more recently I started um, Meet Mindful, which in theory is meant to be a bit more mindful. Like they ask you about different aspects of your life. For example, like how does community service play into your life? What about health, fitness, mindfulness, stuff like that? 
Um, at the end of the day, I feel like it is still just like a swiping app. Um, I mean, theoretically, you can spend more time reading their um, profile, and that's what I tend to do. But some of the people who have messaged me, it's been clear that they don't know a thing from my profile. Um, and so I've kind of gotten frustrated from that. But so, I mean, not so much now because we're all in self-quarantine and we're not really interacting with people. But um, recently I decided that I wanted to be a bit more proactive um, in my dating because, you know, like I mentioned before, I tended to just fall into relationships based on who I was surrounded with at the time. Um, and I mean, I definitely met some good people through that, but, you know, I think being a young adult, you're not necessarily at university anymore, so you're not surrounded by people your age. Um, in your jobs, you're not necessarily surrounded by people your age either. Um, so I've started to, to actually, when I'm just out and about, um, it can be anywhere, if I see someone who I think is handsome, I'll actually write that on a little note um, along with my number, and I'll just give it to them. And I just want to be clear, I haven't done this a lot because um, I do get really nervous sometimes. I've only done it three times, but all three times um, they've sent something nice back. The first time the guy wasn't interested, but he sent me a really nice message. Um, and the second two times um, they were both interested and we ended up meeting up and getting to know each other better, um, which has been a really good strategy that I've enjoyed. And I feel a good compromise uh, to online dating, which I don't think is really for me, although I haven't completely written it off. There's so much that you said that I <laughs> was just like, yes, yes, yes. And stuff that I um, kind of want to expand and unpack a bit more. I guess just going back um, firstly to the whole online dating situation thing. Um, I definitely feel like when I was using that app as well, even though it is meant to be, yeah, a bit more intentional and it asks you stuff about like how practicing you are as a Muslim like what you want if you want to move abroad you know like kind of serious questions that you would ask if you were considering marrying someone um it does still have that desensitized feeling of just like you know swiping left and right and they had this other feature which was um where you could like blur your image and then it, later on if you want to reveal your images you can which is what I chose to do and clearly, like, even in my profile, I was just like, you know, don't want any time wasters. <laughs> don't ask me to reveal my picture. If that's like the first thing you're going to say, I'm just going to like block you, whatever. And regardless of that fact, people still were like, okay, come on. It's not a blind date, like reveal your pictures. And I actually didn't take the time to read my profile, um, which if you read you, I don't know. I think it's just, it gives you more of a indication of whether we're, we're meant to whether we'd be a good match or not. Um, so yeah, I found that kind of disheartening, but I also really liked what you were saying about kind of putting yourself out there a bit more um, in terms of just complimenting someone if you find them attractive or I don't know, just, yeah, like reaching out and having that connection. Um, and I think as well, I already told you this um, when it happened, but I had this instant as well where I was helping out a friend with an event and one of the people who were like the tech team that were also helping set up, I found really cute. And we spent like the whole evening together just um, setting up and helping this friend out with this event. And then it was like over and I was about to leave. And I was just kind of like to myself, like I have the chance to say something. If it goes wrong, you know, like I, it's not like I'm going to bump into this person. Um, and I also know that feeling of, you know, when people just come up and they have no intention, but just paying a compliment that how like nice it is and how that can help boost someone's confidence and self-esteem. So before leaving, I went up to him and I was just like, I think you're very attractive and I think you have a really nice sense of humor. Um, anyway, I, I don't know what your dating situation is, but I just wanted to tell you anyway that I find you attractive. And it turned out that he did have a girlfriend, but he, I could just see his face like light up and that he actually felt like genuinely touched by it. And we just had a hug and he was like, thank you so much. Like I really enjoyed, you know, like setting up with you and I wish you all the best for the future. And he was like, if things are different then I would definitely ask you um, to hang out, but things are not different. And I like left feeling very like elated and just proud of myself <laughs> for putting myself out there. And also, I don't know, making someone's evening in a way, just by paying something, paying them a compliment that's, you know, so simple and it 
didn't cost me anything to say um and also saying it without the intention of like oh yeah this is definitely going to get me a date type thing it was just like no I want to say it because I think he is cute um so yeah I think that is a nice kind of compromise as you were saying (laughs) between putting yourself out there to meet people but not doing it I don't know via the internet always yeah I think what um what kind of inspired me to start doing that is because yeah I just like really wasn't interested in um online dating at the time and yeah like you know the few times that people have said something really nice to me not necessarily not necessarily just that I'm attractive or anything but just you know that feeling of being wow someone appreciates me um and just like that really big feeling in your heart and in your chest like it's just so nice um and one of one of the men that I um that I ended up doing that to when we did end up meeting which was like a week later just because of our busy schedules he was like I've been riding on a cloud the past week like you really just like boosted my ego and I don't know it's just one of those things where I don't think that we compliment each other enough um and so I was just in my own way trying to bring a little bit of that back um but talking about feelings, um, I kind of wanted to jump maybe a little bit into the sticky subject of dating while being mixed race. And I was wondering if you had any stories, um, the good and the bad and everything in between uh, that you wanted to share with us about your dating experiences. Oh, where to start? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I actually haven't also had a very um, extensive dating experience. Um I guess I just want to start by saying as well, before I share some of, some of the stories, that um, whenever like I've kind of come out of these dating situations, I always try to reflect on what my role was in them rather than what the other person did. Obviously, like it takes two to tango and, you know, it is based on how um, both of us interact or decide to act in that relationship or whatever, the, that dating period. Um but yeah, I just say that because I've noticed this trend in the type it, the type of guys that I'm attracted to. And I think that comes from me, obviously, more than those individual people, because I am the common denominator. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to preface with that. I guess I'll start with like the bad or whatever, just because I feel like that I, I, I want to move to a place of hope <laughs> afterwards. But um. <laughs> Uh, a kind of reoccurring um, experience that I've had over the last couple of years have been kind of dating or getting involved with guys who have commodified me in some way, shape or form. And it's not always so obvious. And I think if it was as obvious, I probably would, wouldn't would get into it for longer than I have type thing. Because I think I am, I do think I have a decent head on my sh- on on my shoulders. So I think um, if it was really degrading from the off start, I don't think I would you know even contemplate it. But obviously being mixed raced, um, I am half black and half white, and um, I am for some guys that I have dated exotic and something different. Um, and I don't want to <laughs> name and shame, but I feel like I can because I am half Italian. <laughs> but a lot of it has been with a lot of these experiences have been with Italian guys who what I've come to conc- well, not what I've come to conclude, but I guess what I've reflected on is that I am in many ways familiar f- to them. Um, I am half Italian. I do understand their culture. I connect with them on based on our heritage, but I also I feel embody for them a bit of excitement in the sense that I am half black and there's a whole long history um which maybe can be an impact another day of black bodies and black female bodies in Italy which I think plays into the collective imaginaries of black women um and the pleasure that's associated with them in Italian um society so I think yeah, I've kind of been commodified in terms of my complexion, um, that exotic part of being black, um, my curly hair, 100%. Um, and that kind of experience has just been, I don't know, it's made me feel really disgusted, um, has made me, it's kind of 
in some cases made me just doubt what I offer to the world, you know, like what my gifts are. Am I just a pretty face? And I don't even say that in an arrogant way, but in a more reflective way of, okay, these guys are attracted to me because of physical aspects of, of me, not my personality or other things. Um, so yeah, in those moments, it's kind of made me have a dip in self-confidence for my character. Um, but yeah, those have been some of the not so positive aspects of dating um, as a mixed race being. How about you, Natasha? I tend to I tend to always try to view the positive in people, um, and so I tend to gaslight myself when I'm dating someone or like when I'm getting to know someone. So if I feel like I'm being exoticized or fetishized, I'll like make excuses for that person. Um, and kind of, as we mentioned in our last podcast, um, being mixed race, um, when I did end up like meeting and getting to know another mixed race man, um, it was like a breath of fresh air. And it was one of those moments where I was like, whoa, I didn't even know that I was missing this from my life. Cause I had just never necessarily thought about that as an important part of my potential partner. Um, and so when I look back on my um, limited dating history I think there's been a few men who I made excuses for um, and and that's one of those things where I feel like it's kind of a fine line it's like how much are we just getting to know each other and how much are you just excited that I'm different Um, that I'm you know because again for those of you who don't know my mom is from the Philippines and my dad is from South Carolina Um, so I'm Filipino-American Um, And it's weird how that plays out in different situations. Um, For example, I was working with this one man who, um, he was a white man, and he could tell that there was something different about me. Um, And I could, you know, know, kind of when you can tell, more with retrospection, like again, in the moment I was gaslighting myself and being like, oh no, he's just being nice, he's not really into me. But, you know, obviously that became clear after a while. Um, but I felt like the only thing that he was interested in talking to me about was why I was different, why I was looking different. And it was one of those really frustrating things where he, so the first time we met, he was like, oh, are you indigenous American? Um, because I look, you know, I look fairly ambiguous, like people have a hard time placing me. Um, and so I told him, I was like, no, you know, no, I'm not. My mom's from the Philippines um, and my dad's from South Carolina. I tell him like my normal story. Um he was like, oh, whoa, that's so cool. It was like really zeroed in on the Filipino part of me. Um, and, but then like, you know, a week went by and we saw each other again. And he was like, what I forget? Are you indigenous? And I was like, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, he just had that in his brain almost as if he wanted me to be indigenous and like, wasn't actually listening to me when I was saying, no, I'm Filipino American. Um, and it was just like this really weird thing where that's all he wanted to talk about. Um, but then in another work situation, um, there was a guy who, um, I believe he's from, his family is from Mexico. Um, but it's been a while. Um, anyway, he was like really cold to me, like, and I I wasn't even particularly interested in dating him or anything. I just like to get along with my coworkers, but he was like really cold, really distant, like almost somewhat mean to me, which is fine. I just kind of like deal with it, keep my head down and keep working. Um, but the second he found out that my mom was Filipino, I guess he just assumed that I was white. But the second he found out that my mom was Filipino, he like became super interested, like really wanted to engage with me. And like, it was really weird. And he, he was just kind of like a flirt with everyone. Um, but I guess mostly people of color um, based on how he treated me before. Um, so that was like kind of a weird situation. And then I'll just share one more, not to dwell too much on the negative. Um, but this, so I met someone from an Asian country um, and it, that was one of those situations where we were friends um, for a really long time. And I was very clear about just wanting to be friends Um, And I guess there was a miscommunication or he was hoping that something different or something more would happen. Um, And so when he eventually came forward with his feelings, which, you know, in the end, I'm glad that he did so that I knew where he stood. 
Um, but when he eventually came forward with his feelings, um, he was like, he was very self-deprecating and he was talking a lot about the reasons why he was trying to convince himself that it would never work. And one of the things that he told me, which um, is very big in Asian culture, is that he was saying he didn't think it, was, it would work because he wasn't good enough for me because his skin was much darker than mine. Um, so, I mean, not that it necessarily matters, but I, I don't exactly know how to describe my skin color, but like in the summer, I get fairly brown, but in the winter, I'm more like a, I don't know, khaki color, I guess. Um, but he was much darker. And I got kind of frustrated by that comment. Well, I got kind of frustrated by that situation in many ways. First of all, because I felt I had been very clear with him from the beginning of our friendship that I just wasn't ready to date anyone. Um, and I felt like he hadn't been listening to me. And this was after several months of friendship, I think almost a year, actually. Um, and then also because if he knew me at all, he would know that that wasn't a problem for me. Like, I don't care what color your skin is. Like, I care about you for you. And in our relationship, I cared about him as a friend. And he was hoping that there was something more. Anyway, there were a lot of layers to that. Um, but that was a somewhat unpleasant experience. Um, it was interesting what you were saying about how um, that co-worker um, just was fixed on you being um, Indigenous. And it just reminded me of this other encounter that I had um, when I was traveling in Milan and I was just um, having like some sandwiches or something on a bench. And this guy came, he like rode his bike past me and we made eye contact and then he like rode off and then something like 20 minutes later, he came back, pretended to ask me for directions when I clearly looked, I thought, very touristic-y. <laughs> um, and then anyway, we started to have a conversation and then he was like, oh, you must be Brazilian. I think also I do have a bit of um, racial ambiguity and I was like, no, I'm half Italian, half Gambian. And then as the conversation kept on going, he kept on mentioning, mentioning like the times he went to Brazil and then like, oh, but you should know this because you're Brazilian. And I think I had to tell him at least three times, like, no, I am not Brazilian. <laughs> and it just made me realize as well. And he also made like other weird comments. Like he asked me what religion I was and I told him I was Muslim and he was just like, oh, like, I wonder what it's like to have sex with a Muslim person as if that kind of the fact that I was Muslim changed anything about a physical aspect you know um anyway um yeah it just kind of made me realize that sometimes what I've noticed is that when I meet certain people um they kind of already have this imaginary of what I'm like and they're interested in me not so much for meeting me but for me to fulfill this imaginary that they have of what I'm like or um what who I am based on the different aspects that make up my identity whether that's my religion or my background or anything else um so I feel like with people like that there's there's not really much you can you can do um it's just one of those situations I feel where you need to enter into a conversational interaction with someone kind of putting aside or suspending your assumptions and that's actually how you'll get to learn something or take something out of that situation or you know get to know that person um, the second thing that you mentioned about, um, the skin color reminded me of this encounter that I had with this Gambian guy who asked me to like marry him. I think maybe after the second time that he met me and I kept on being like, no, um, <laughs> cause obviously we don't know each other. And he tried to reduce me saying no to different factors. So the first thing was like, oh, that he's poorer than me and that's why I don't want a poor husband. And I was just like, that has nothing to do with anything. Um, and the second one being that because he's, well, he actually didn't mention the skin thing, but there is a big complex as well, which I think is quite similar to um, some Asian cultures as well, where the fairer you are, the more beautiful you're perceived to be, even though, you know, for someone else, your features might not be beautiful. It's just the, based on the color skin. Um, so I think there was that assumption as well, because I'm fairer, obviously I'd want to marry like a fairer man as well. Um, and that's something that's very like entrenched in not just Gambian cultures, but I guess West Africa as a whole because of colonization. And again, that's like something quite big to unpack. But yeah, that's one of the dynamics, power dynamics, which I feel that I couldn't really 
I feel like because of that power dynamic on both the whole mainly white guys that I've dated um seeing me as exotic kind of puts me in this inferior position whereas with some of the black guys especially African um born and raised black men that I've interacted with I'm kind of elevated because of my color skin and I feel like that is why I don't know I've only ever really felt very comfortable with one of my exes who was also mixed race because that power dynamic just doesn't exist in the same way that it does in other dating situations oh god it's one of those things where yeah because I feel being mixed race comes with the whole territory of being racially ambiguous you know like you were saying I think a lot of that and maybe this is like another podcast that we can delve more deeply into this but I feel like a lot of that is like not listening and I think you know I think it's really beautiful that um you know you decided or we decided to open and you'll see we will close our um podcast with a poem that we've written because I think something that we explore a lot in our collection of poems is the weird tension between using your voice and being very clear with your words and what people perceive or what people hear from you and what people choose to focus on. You know, it's like what you were saying when you were in Milan, like, you know, that guy who just kept being like, oh, it must be weird being Portuguese or whatever, like, oh yeah, you're Portuguese or you're Brazilian or whatever it was. Um, And like, like, no, I'm not Brazilian. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. Like he he has a very like he's almost created this preconceived notion of who you are and that's just who you are to him and I think you know when I like when I like to date someone it doesn't matter where they come from what their heritage is like I want to know their story um and when I sit across from someone whether it's dating or friendship or whatever I really do want to get to know who they are like of course I'm gonna have my own preconceived notions but I try to suspend that um and give them the benefit of the doubt and I think I think that that's an important quality but I think also sometimes like I mentioned before it leads to me gaslighting myself and being like oh no this is fine this is fine um but yeah that's that's really interesting I thank you for sharing about you know that dynamic that you've noticed within like you know maybe dating in the UK and then like dating in terms of African men and how you're in this weird in-between um you know, where you feel like you're fetishized by, by maybe like, I don't know, more UK men and, and then elevated and put on a pedestal by African men. Um, I think that's really interesting. And um, I think that's something that we should try to unpack further, because just like you mentioned, there's so many power dynamics that go into being mixed race. Um, just to go on a brief little tangent, um, I was in LA, I think a few years ago. Um, and in um, I can't remember the name of the museum, but I think it was like a Japanese American heritage museum or something. Um, this guy who um, founded the project, I'll need to look it up. This will be in the show notes. But um, this guy um, is taking portraits of mixed race people and his project is called the Hapa.me project. Hapa because um, Hapa is another word for um, mixed race people, particularly mixed race people of Asian descent. Um, but I think the term has been broadened to include other mixed race or mixed heritage people um and one of the portraits so there was an option there were the portraits that he took and then there was an option to take polaroid portrait portraits and write a little caption um and someone had written that there were some mixed asian and white and they had mentioned that they were like um within their body they were like trying to deal with the power dynamics of being part oppressed and part oppressor um, and I found that a really powerful image. And I think that that's um, shown its way through uh, many of our poems that we've written. So I guess moving on to a more positive side to dating being mixed race, I've really enjoyed um, sharing my rich cultures and heritages with the individuals who have been more open-minded to actually getting to know me and getting to know the things that are important to me, which is my cultural um, upbringing. And I think it's been a really enriching experience, um, particularly with people that I've dated who also come from a different um, ethnic minority. They might not be mixed, but I think because they are a minority um, 
in terms of the ethnicity as well, that it has allowed us to connect and to really kind of have this open culture exchange. And I think that's like one of the most beautiful parts for me, um, dating and just moving through the world as a mixed being is that when you do connect with individuals who are open to, to knowing your story and to knowing where you come from, then it allows for like a really powerful form of education that's very unique. And I feel like you, you don't get, you know, in certain settings. Um, so that's definitely been one of the most positive things. Um, yeah, I think it <laughs> sounds really bad. That's the main one that comes to head to, to mind now, but I guess um, I'll pass, pass over the mic. Is there, or are there any um, positive dating experiences that you'd like to share Natasha? Um, yeah, I guess I, you know, I mentioned this in our podcast being mixed race as well. Um, but actually one of the men who I gave the little note to, uh, saying that I thought he was handsome, um, he was also mixed race. Um, and, you know, as I've mentioned a few times before, like getting to know him, I mean, so just to clarify, like within, you know, our getting to know each other, our relationship, um, if I want to call it that there was much more than just the fact that we were both mixed race. Um, like, you know, obviously he is a person past being mixed race. Um, but that was an important element in, I think, our relationship because there was just so much that we could joke about or that, like, we didn't even need to necessarily talk about. Um, and I think looking back on what we had, um, I don't have this nagging feeling of like, was he just interested in me because of my background? Um, like I've, you know, I've, I've dated um, and had experiences clearly with a few people where even though I tend to make excuses for them and, you know, I would argue you can never really know because I like to give someone the benefit of the doubt. There is that nagging feeling of like, oh God, this doesn't feel so right. Um, like it feels you know, almost like exoticizing or whatever, um, kind of what we've been talking about. But with him, it didn't feel that way because I think we both had shared those experiences before. Um, and also he was just also, I mean, this is more about his personality rather than he, him as a mixed race being. Um, but he was just very honest and open about everything that he was thinking. Um so I never really felt that I was guessing with him and trying to understand what his motivations were. Um, but I think also uh, what was kind of helpful is that we were both living in the UK at the time um, in a very white part of the UK. Um, and so I think it was almost like for both of us, it was a breath of fresh air to meet someone who wasn't white. And again, not that it's bad to be white. I'm not saying that. It's just as a mixed race person, um, sometimes it can, you know, when you're the only brown person anywhere, um, it can feel isolating for sure. So I think we shared that moment of connection and that was really great. And I think moving forward, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to limit my scope of people who might be potential mates, um, or potential partners, sorry, I don't like the word mates, that was kind of weird. <laughs> but um, people who could be potential partners, like, I'm not going to remember that based on how they identify racially. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, that is something that I might look more for in the future, and I might maybe be a little bit more picky, because I know that that's important to me. Um, but yeah, I, I also wanted to ask you, Sophia, um, if, you know, from the good and the bad experiences of dating, um, you know, what are some lessons um, or some some things that you want to prioritize when you're looking for a potential partner in the future? Um, because I remember my mom telling me um, when she was about our age, so I'm 25, going to be 26 in July, um, when she was our age, her and her friend sat down because they just had a really bad track record of doing people who were just kind of like bums or losers or whatever. Um, and they actually made a list of things that they had learned and things that they wanted to look for in um, future partners. So I was just wondering if you had any, um, any things that you wanted to share. Yeah, I'm really glad that you, you're transitioning um, the conversation into 
this direction because when you said that um this guy that you were seeing is a good communicator I was like oh this is definitely something we should talk about like what we what our values are and I guess what we need and want in a relationship but I just want to say before I get into that um I feel like as well as a mixed race person sometimes we have to like apologize for wanting to be or we feel the need to apologize for wanting to to be with people who are like us and I don't think there's anything wrong and it's not like being anti-white because you want to be with someone who just understands you a bit easier like I think we all need that grace and like relief and just ease of being understood without having to explain ourselves so I just want to say as well um it's nice of you to 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 say that you're you know not being not there's nothing wrong with being white but also just feel like moving forward we shouldn't have to (laughs) apologize or explain that you know anyway so that's just like a side ramble but in terms of um kind of what I've learned I guess from the good and the bad to start off with um I definitely have learned the importance of having boundaries and knowing which of my boundaries um are like non-negotiable I think like you were saying before at the beginning of my dating experience, it was just kind of like, oh, whoever I was in contact with was kind of someone I would, you know, like see where things went. But I think I've learned to be a bit more picky over the years. And with that, I've learned that being more picky means that, you know, you have higher standards, which isn't always desirable (laughs) for most people because obviously not everyone's intentions might be as serious as what you're looking for in a relationship. Um, which as well brings me on to, I guess, the second thing that I've learned, uh, which is the importance of constantly renewing your intention when you are dating. Like, where do you want this to go? And knowing what that is, I think, from the offset, because I think from my past experiences, things get fuzzy because I know that I want something and I set that intention at the beginning. But obviously, a relationship takes its own kind of life and its own direction. And if you're not always reflecting, or I found if I'm not reflecting on what those intentions are, what I want from this relationship, I kind of just find it easier to go with the flow, which is not always a bad thing, but I think I know what I want at this stage of my life. Um, So why waste time is how I see it, being with someone who doesn't want the same thing or this relationship isn't going to go where I want it to go. Um, So with that being said, before... I share some of the things that I look for in a partner. I just wanted to give a really big shout out to Bruni Lee, who is this YouTuber that I absolutely love. Um, And we'll link her down below, but she gives like really, really good advice to females about dating. Um, And so actually this exercise that I've done um, came from her, which is basically sitting down and realizing what my needs are and what my wants are and what my values are in a relationship. Because Obviously, if you go into a relationship not knowing what you want from it or what your values are, you're just going to accept anything that is handed to you on a plate. Um, so with that being said, my I'll just go through a few of them. But my core values on reflection were um, honesty, respect, um, commitment and spirituality. And then I guess what I really needed a man um what I really needed a man the things that are non-negotiable for me is above all someone who is god-fearing or spiritual just because I've been with people who are atheist or are not spiritual but are religious and I just don't feel like we're in an equal um on equal terms to really get into like a full-term committed relationship and that's just a really personal thing but it's something that's important for me um someone who um is altruistic family oriented um understands and accepts my religions and cultures my religions my religion (laughs) and cultures um strives to be the best in whatever field he's in is a good communicator or is at least willing to improve on his communication skills and is intelligent but without arrogance um and intelligent not just in terms of like book smart but intelligent in terms of understanding people how the world works um you know I feel like there's different forms of intelligence as well so I just want to make that clear and then I guess yeah the wants are stuff that are more superficial like ideally someone who's taller than me 
I am 5'11". I've been told recently that I'm 5'9", which I think is fake news, but I'm a tall girl either way. <laughs> so it'd be nice to have someone who's a bit taller, but obviously that's not like a need. And it's something I'm realizing more and more that it's not as important. Um, someone who is humorous and charismatic. And I feel like especially someone who's humorous that often I feel gets put as a as a need, which is not a bad thing, but I just, the more I've reflected on it, I'm like, you know what, being humorous isn't the be all end all. And I feel like if you like someone, they're automatically kind of funny, even if they're not. So that would be one of my wants. Um, and just to end, I guess my deal breakers, because I think this is also really important and something that I didn't have in my earlier years of dating was really thinking about, you know, actually know what kind of clashes with my values or things that I wouldn't accept from like friends or I don't know, things I wouldn't do myself that I'm allowing this other person to do in our relationship. So the first one is being selfish. Um, excessive use of foul language. I, like every once in a while, like in frustration, I'll swear, but I'm, it's something I'm trying to stop for myself. So obviously I don't want to be surrounded by that as much as possible. Um, and again, going back to what I said before, someone who's arrogant and someone who smokes is definitely a deal breaker I feel like I've just read a whole list <laughs> um but Natasha what are some of your lessons or your values your wants your needs or deal breakers um that you kind of look for when you're going into a relationship yeah well um first of all, I want to say thank you for sharing that um and definitely um let's link that youtuber because I feel like that's a really good way for people um myself included because I haven't done it to like actually sit down and reflect on what you might be looking for in a person um so yeah that's that's really awesome and it sounds like you have a really um well thought out list um I so some lessons that I'm bringing with me or some things that I want to look for is definitely communication is a big one um you know my my personal voice and like having it be heard is like one of the most important things to me um, I find it extremely difficult to be with someone who does not listen or who interrupts me or who I have to keep constantly guessing. Um, like, for example, I recently went on a date with this guy um, who was also mixed race, um, and he, like, he wanted me to keep guessing what his race was or, like, what his racial makeup was, almost as if it was a game or as if he was testing me. And that really turned me off um, because I like to hear from his voice. Or I would have liked to hear from his voice, like what story he told about himself and his family. Um, and I think, I also think something that I've learned is the whole idea of like mind games is definitely not okay with me. Um, this man that I spoke about earlier who um, didn't think we would work or that I wouldn't like him because of I was so much lighter than him. Um, he, he was like constantly testing me in little ways that are kind of hard to describe. Um, but I find that really hard to deal with. Um, and that's something that comes out after you get, or at least for me, I'm not, because I tend to gaslight myself, I'm not immediately aware of that and I make excuses for the person. So that's something, that's another thing that I want to take forward with me is to trust my intuition and like trust that gut feeling that I feel about people because, and this is actually like an experiment that I'm doing with myself is too often in my past, um, I've like been attracted to a guy or not been attracted to a guy, but had that feeling of like, oh, I think this person is into me. Um, but then I've convinced myself out of it and been like, no, no, he's just being nice. Um, and most of the time, I've been like, my intuition has been right. And that's either led me to not act on something that I would have wanted to act on or to allow our relationship to go too far. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something I want to carry with me. Um, also, yeah, I liked what you had said about not having to apologize for wanting to be with someone mixed race. I think you're absolutely right. And I think that too often, I mean, maybe it's wider than women. Maybe it's just women of color. I don't know, because um, I can only speak from my experience. But I think you know, too often I apologize for my opinions. Um, and so thank you for reminding me of that. That was very helpful. Um, so I think at least in the immediate future, of course, if I meet the one and he's not mixed race um, or of a racial minority, whatever, like, you know, that's not a big deal. Um, but I think in the, the short 
future. Um, I'm going to be kind of like being a bit more picky in that way now that I know um, how relaxed or how great that can be just to be understood. Silencing my voice is 100% a deal breaker. Um, but I do, you know, based on your list and, and what all the reflection you've done, like I definitely do want to go back and reflect a little bit more and have a little bit more clarity um, for myself. So thank you for introducing that. So, Sophia, before we um, move to the end of this podcast, um, is there anything else you'd like to mention or talk about before we move on? Yeah, I briefly just wanted to um, touch on the topic of, I guess, circling back to modern dating again and how that influences our lives. Because I feel like when I speak to a lot of friends or just acquaintances, it just seems like we're all kind of stuck in this system that we're all very unhappy with, but we still go along with with it. Um, and I've written a blog post, which I'll link below, but it's called something like Sick and Tired of the Dating Game, which is what I think it has become. Um, but there's a book that I haven't started to read yet. Um, I've actually had it for a couple of months on my bookshelf. So hopefully something I get to soon. But it's called um, Modern Romance, an investigation by, by Aziz Ansari um, and Eric Klinikberg. Sorry, I don't know if I pronounced that right. But um, I actually, I had seen Aziz's face before, but I didn't realize who he was. <laughs> so he's a comedian. Um, some of you might be a bit more familiar with him. But this book essentially looks at different aspects of um, dating in the modern times that we are in. So it looks at like just the search for a soulmate, um, how it changes according to culture, and the kind of new issues of like sexting and like what constitutes cheating and infidelity in like the modern age. Is it, you know, watching like a porno or still having a dating app on your phone, that kind of thing. So I just wanted to read the blur in case anyone is interested in picking up this book. Um, hopefully when I read it, I would like to review it, but I just wanted to share that with you guys. So this is the blur at the back of the book. Has texting turned us into the flakiest generation? What does it mean to have a 24-7 singles bar in your pocket? And why are the French so relaxed about infidelity? From digital snooping to Japanese love hotels, comedian Aziz Ansari and social scientist Eric Klinikberg guides us through the baffling and hilarious world of modern relationships. So I do think, I guess, to, to bring this back into the conversation that, you know, as well as being mixed race um, or being of mixed heritage, that there is the aspect of living in the, you know, technological era that we're living in and how that has influenced our ways of dating, which we kind of touched upon. But I thought it was just interesting to to kind of emphasize that intersection of our experiences as well. Because when you think about it, people, I think part of the appeal of, you know, being mixed race or having this kind of exotic lens comes from the fact that before we weren't, in the reach of, you know, everyone's pool of people they could date. And so I do think, yeah, that that the modern era does have a big influence on dating mixed race. Thanks for sharing that book. That sounds really interesting. And I think um, that's like a important thing to think about. Um, and probably also could be a whole other podcast that we talk about is just modern dating. Um, and I look forward to um, when you read that book, your review of it. Um, and I might actually read it as well because um, that sounds really, really interesting. And Aziz Ansari is hilarious. I've seen him in a few things and I think he's really funny. Um, but yeah, I think that those those words are some good ones to end our conversation on. Um, I just wanted to transition. We mentioned earlier that we were going to close with another one of our poems. Um, and this is one that is in The Snake and the Cuttlefish. Um, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. This one is in The Tender Places of Worn Out Fibers, uh, which is also available on Amazon as Kindle and uh, print edition. Um, yeah, so I'll just move into it and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, voice in three parts. One, the act of writing is how I learned to share my voice in a world that taught me to swallow back spoken words. Two, I will not take responsibility anymore for the comfort you find in my silence. Three, so please don't label me as outspoken now that I have given myself permission to speak out.
So thank you all um, for joining us um, for another one of our Winter's Bloom talks. Um, I hope that you, or we hope that you have enjoyed this conversation. And please let us know if there's any other topics you want us to delve into. Um, I already sense that there will be a few more podcasts born out of this discussion. Um, but yeah, I guess final thoughts, Sophia, or should we just say goodbye? Yeah, no, I think that was a beautiful poem to end in or end on and goodbye. <laughs> yeah, well until the next time. <laughs> All right, goodbye. Have a good rest of your day. Bye.